Everybody, no, welcome to the podcast. Yep. <laughs> hey, everyone. Oh no, go for it. Take it away. Oh, I wanted to. I was gonna do the intro. I was just gonna be like, "Hey, everybody, it's your favorite podcaster." You Dimitri. sound like is that me? Is that you imitating that's, me? That's that's me imitating you. <laughs> hey, everybody, is that what I sound like? Do I sound like? Hey, 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 everybody. Yeah, that's what you do. Every show. I feel like you're making me sound like a Cosby cartoon character. <laughs> At least I'm not going like, what, what is the, uh, hey, I never watched, um, what was that one cartoon? The Boondocks. I never watched any of that. <laughs> you missed out on the good show then. Hey, Damn. what you owe, Santa? Um, <laughs> it was a, that was like my favorite episode. Like this, you know, the two little black kids. Uh-huh. Well, one no, of them, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do. One of them was like going to malls and shooting up the Santa Clauses with little air airsoft guns, <laughs> and it was like okay. he was doing it serially. And then, like when they finally got to the bottom of it, he was like, "Cause Santa owes me owes me gifts. When I was in the hood, I would ask for all these presents, and Santa never came to the hood. So now, <laughs> and now that I'm living good." Santa owes me all these presents, so pay what you owe, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Dude, um, so, audience, before we get too far off track, uh, this is just the headers, uh, the Bitcoin Podcast Network's uh, news headline presentation show. So you can, so what we understand is that you can go on the internet and find like 30,000 shows of people presenting you with regurgitated news from the crypto ecosystem and we were like hell we might as well join the fucking fray so we had just the- <laughs> so we have a show called just the headers where if you haven't been paying attention to the crypto news um then we loosely gather headlines and uh present them to you so that's what this show is all about but but we get joe uh jesse and i we get like i don't know like we get on tangents and that right jesse Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk about all kinds of stuff. Like for instance, dude, I love the Star Wars universe, and I, and I love it for for, for I keep, I keep coming to these realizations about it, and for some reason, like this was right in front of my face. I know a lot of people are about to sigh when they hear this, but how bad? Uh oh, my mic almost went out. But how badass is it that the Jedi were fighting a war? For the Sith. Like, and that shit crazy? Mm. Like, that shit baffled me. I was like, oh, yeah, like Emperor Palpatine, he's doing his thing. But then when it clicked, I was like, wait a second. The Jedi are looking to kill the Sith, 
and they don't even know they're fighting a war for this dude? Oh my god, that's so crazy. That is so crazy. You talking about before before uh, Emperor Palpatine showed his true colors and when he was senator or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Senator dude. But then... Before he fried uh, Samuel Jackson? Yeah. In his treason. I don't know. It just it struck me um, just the other day. I was like, because every once in a while I think about Star Wars. All right. But anyways, how's your week, man? And then we'll jump into the headlines for people. I've been trying to get into this $50,000 tournament for Battle Right, but... Word? I can't get in because you need like 500,000 followers or like one and a half million followers on Twitch. And I'm like nowhere near that. So do we need a campaign? I mean, it would help probably. Okay. I've been, (laughs) I've been tracking Instagram. You need to become a thirst trap or you need to hire some thirst traps to twerk and they'll follow your page. Okay. All right, yeah. I'll I'll go with the latter, I guess. Do you know any thirst traps? Do you know any ladies with nice rotund rotisseries going on? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, then just text them and say, like, hey, I need you to twerk on camera for a second so I can get some followers on my Instagram page or my Twitch stream. <laughs> it works, man. Like, sex sells, and there's no way around it. So. Yeah. So. But I don't want to be known for the guy who hired people to twerk on his stream or followers you kidding me man cardi b is twerking her way around the planet right now hmm. okay how about how about like i put a picture of people twerking in the corner of my stream like a static image of people twerking perfect as long as you got twerking going on people love twerking there's no way around oh. that okay got it wait Do but does like- that does that not break twitch's tos uh, it might, but here's the thing: just make all of your Instagram followers Twitch followers, and there you go. Hmm. Okay. Is that like possible? I need to grow an Instagram following. Yeah, you need an Instagram following. There's all kinds of stuff you gotta do nowadays. It's, okay. It seems like it doesn't add value, but I guess it does. So, or just yeah. become a thirst trap yourself. Okay. How do I do that? Uh, take pictures of your abs and put them on Instagram. Okay. And then people will like that. And then put a fake tattoo of your gamer tag on your chest and take a picture of that and put it on Instagram. Whoa, that sounds too much. Oh, yeah. it's People do a lot. It's, it's exhausting, really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well... I hope you get in the tournament, but people aren't here for the tournament. They're here to hear shitty crypto news. So let's go on ahead and give yeah. them the first headline from last weekend. Um, so so uh, here's the thing. I don't know how much you guys listening know about North Korea, but it's not exactly not a shitty country. So this article is by Adrian Smudzinski, uh, December 1st. December 1st, 2018, uh, North Korean hackers move on to attacking individuals after exchanges boost their security. So, one, I'd like to say don't keep your money on an exchange because criminals and exchanges love that. 
But the CEO of cybersecurity firm Savipier declared that uh, his company detected over 30 attacks on crypto-bearing individuals probably carried out by North Korean hackers. English-language media site South China Morning reports November 29th. So... Here's a quote. Direct attacks on exchanges have become harder, so hackers are thinking about alternatively going after individual users with weak security. So, this is a perfect uh, segue, Jesse. Because mm-hmm. the Bitcoin For Podcast what? Network is part of a security Christmas campaign with MyCrypto. And if you go on Twitter right now and you look at, at MyCrypto, you can see that we are giving 25 days of security tips and crypto tips and we're partnered with my crypto to do that so um yeah yeah that's not we're not paid to do this we just partner with my crypto because we love my crypto so there's that so next article um and the next article is Ooh, this one's a doozy, right? Anytime you hear Amazon's name in crypto, you get a little bit tingly in your pantalones. You know what I'm saying? So, this one uh, written by Stephen O'Neill. Has 9,140 total views. um, 252 shares. Amazon presents its quasi-blockchain solution platform for Ethereum and Hyperledger Fabric. So, on November 28th, e-commerce giant Amazon announced two blockchain-related products. Amazon Quantum Ledger Database and Amazon Managed Blockchain. Uh, both sound like two really shit ideas to me, but who am I? I don't run a billion. I don't run a trillion dollar company. So the company hence marked its further expansion into the field of blockchain technology, which started with the blockchain related patents and collaborations that Amazon has seemingly chose over working with cryptocurrencies, per se. What do you think about this, man? Like, seems like more of the same shit you know what i mean i don't know i haven't used it i wonder if it's actually useful yeah i mean it probably is useful you know it's amazon they don't build shitty shit except for those uh except for those wiretaps that they send into your home and give the wiretap a name yeah yeah i'm reading through the article i don't know Looks pretty useful. Here's a quote. It makes no sense to compare things like transactions per second from a centralized service to a decentralized one. There are reasons why these things are decentralized, and these are not merely technical ones. Amazon seems to miss the point by comparing QLDB with a blockchain. Uh, Here's another quote. QLDB, quantum ledger databasing, I think is what they call it. No, quasi, quantum ledger database, that's what they call it. That is a fancy marketing name you having a party over there it's a party at jesse's place all right qldb is a normal database from that sense while a blockchain database is also an immutable ledger the qldb tech is another layer of software which eases the development of ledger-like software oh boy why QLDB avoids decentralization? So who are the potential users of Amazon's QLDB solution? Perhaps those who have become skeptical of the blockchain buzzword. Now the hype has begun to settle. So I think marketers are clamoring to, to create new terms that maybe can catch on or maybe don't. I don't know. This is a very centralized software service that Amazon's offering. So, You excited about that, Jesse? 
Doesn't sound like it. And no. I mean, I wouldn't be either. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it seems like the whole. It seems like the the waters have been muddied so hardcore on like cryptocurrency, blockchain, and all this stuff that now companies are like, now's the time to strike. You know what I mean? For them to come in and just usurp value from this thing that not a lot of people know a lot about. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. But anyways, that's me putting on my tinfoil cap. Next article written by Jamie Redman, 3,855 eyeballs. Intel awarded a patent. So I love this article, by the way. Intel awarded a patent for an energy-efficient Bitcoin mining process. So on November 27th, the world's second largest semiconductor chip maker, Intel, was granted a patent for a processing system that mines Bitcoin but utilizes more energy-efficient hardware accelerators, according to a patent called the Optimized SHA-256 Data Path. The newly invented high-performance Bitcoin mining process could reduce overall power consumption by 15%. Is that a lot, Jesse? Sorry, I'm reading about Andy Jassy, who's the CEO of AWS. Oh, Amazon Web Services? Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I didn't know they had separate background. CEOs. Yes, I did. I did know they were separate businesses. With one divine leader, the Bezos. He's the chairman of Rainier Prep. So I thought this article was neat because I thought it would be really, really cool if the thing that like pushes humanity towards an ultimate like last ditch push towards green energy would be turning energy into money, which is what cryptocurrency mining does, which is what the proof of work algorithms do. Right? Wouldn't that be so cool? And I've I've always thought like it'd be so futuristic if like, you know, I've got a bunch of solar panels on my roof and not only am I providing electricity, but I'm a node in a cryptocurrency network that is helping to secure the network and propagate the blocks of the network. I always thought that would be really futuristic life, right? And everybody kind of has stake in the, in the cryptocurrencies network. Um, but that's mm. just my like crazy sci-fi thinking. I'm not sure people would like people generating value by, like actually generating value by having mm-hmm. solar panels actually minting some value that's worth more than the sunlight that or the not even the sunlight but the actual electricity that they consume to run their home so that they're mm-hmm. net positive not even break even mm-hmm. I don't know like you know globally like how many people can actually afford solar panels on their home not a lot but they, get, they should get cheaper. Like, I feel like since the earth is going to, like, implode on itself, according to scientists, we should be making a hard push for things to be cheaper. No, but I'm not an econom- economist, so you know what I am, though. Nope. I'm a Star Wars enthusiast. And the older I get, it's just harder for me to... Like, who's the good guy? The Jedi or the Sith? There is no good guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, You see, that's why I like the latest Star Wars movie. Because what's-his-name? Kylo Ren touched on that. He was like, you know what? 
we're just going to kill the Sith. We're going to kill the Jedi. We're going to kill all of it. None of that stuff matters. It's all bad. It's all whatever. We're done with it. You know what I mean? It just didn't execute. Did you see the new Star Wars movie? Um, no, I think the last one I watched was Solo. Oh, shit. Spoiler alert. Oops. Wait, there's a new Star Wars movie out? Well, no, 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 no. Careful types, McGee. We Star Wars. I'm talking about Star Wars uh, The Last Jedi. I thought I'd seen that. Wait, The Last Jedi. It was terrible. I can save you time if you haven't seen it. I just uh, think Star Wars does a good job with some storytelling. Sometimes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, moving on to Monday, man. It's your turn. This is, is you got the mic, bro. All right, here we go. Monday's articles. EOS Node offers users financial rewards for votes. Reignites decentralization debate. This article is written by William Suberg of Coin Telegraph, with three thousand five hundred seventy-two total views and one hundred forty-six total shares. Yet another aspect of blockchain protocol, EOS, has sparked controversy this week after one of its 21 block producers appeared to offer its token holders financial rewards for voting it as a proxy. Oh, that seems... Okay. Start Stardios, one of the official sanctioned nodes which can approve EOS transactions, said in a Medium post November 27 that, quote, after delegating Stardios... .io as proxy, you could get continuous and stable EOS revenue. The Chinese outfit, which has yet to commentate on allegations, it runs against... What the hell kind of name is Stardios? It's the, it's the first one, so they Stardios'd it. <laughs> oh, uh, Stardios. Stardios. Yeah. That's stupid. Okay, sorry, and but Democrat, go on. They're Chinese. They don't have very clever names for things. Sorry. That seems a bit much. But you are Chinese, so you can say that, right? So it's like not, it's I not mean, a racial thing. Yeah, it's not. Democratic blockchain procedures advocated by EOS itself frame the revenue scheme as a reward for token holders. The, quote, winter of cryptocurrencies has come. How much faith do you left to have? What? Um. Hmm. Okay. The, the wording on that. Now, Stardios is still going to stay with you, Stardios. our most important and best friends. What the hell is this? And we going to share the proceeds with you and make through the difficulties. See, that's the thing about Chinese like stuff. Whoever's doing the English translations, they just butcher the shit out of it. Um, after selecting Stardios as a proxy, users can pick, quote, stable income, quote, mining revenue mode, or the quote random revenue but why would they why would you do where they play quote lucky fruit slots machine with game tokens to get eos revenue what the hell is that what, what is <laughs> are EOS? you losing it man I what like... is EOS? i thought i thought it was like actually going to be a good project what is this shit like you play lucky fruit slot machine you're like revenue? you're going you're going hulk Hogan on eos right now what is this oh yeah, is brother this? This doesn't even make oh, sense. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about price now. Let's just bring price back. As of press time, EOS is trading for 
billion, according to Coin Market Cap, down more than fourteen percent on the week, with a total market cap of around two point six billion. Wait a second, you said they're trading for two point eight three billion, but trading for two point eight three dollars, or as normal people say, two dollars and eighty three cents. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought that that was going to be the billion market cap. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to the gas station tonight. Um, I understand this bag of flaming hot Cheetos is one point three nine dollars. Can I for one point? Can you return it for one point ninety three billion dollars? I would like point seven one change, please, or point six. Wait, do this math. There we go. Point six one change, please. Wow, it dropped. Yeah, everything is dropping like a rock, bro. Bitcoin is about to go sub three thousand. I mean, it hurts and it sucks. But it is what it is. Dang. There's no way around it. Should we have a moment of silence for the all-time high? Okay, there's your silence. Yeah, there it is. So, all right. Wait, what? Were you going to expand on what? Was uh, no, I was going to say hashtag no investment advice. Accumulate if you can. Sit on the sidelines. If if you can't, sit on the sidelines. I mean, that's. That's how that goes. Next article on you, brother. Oh, yeah, right. brother. Oh, gaming. I just want to let ACs. you loose on some of these projects. Like, I would love to be sitting in the whiteboard room and let you loose on an EOS meeting. And they're like, all right, guys, we're going to do this. And you're like, what is the, what the hell are you doing? That's such full of shit. What? I just want to <laughs> let you loose. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. This looks neat, by the way. Uh, Asus wants to turn gamers into miners. Wyoming advances crypto bank bill. Avi mm. Mizrahi, Bitcoin.com, four days ago, 2031 views on this. In today's edition of the Daily, we look at what is this? Okay. Okay, it's like a daily summary of like a few headlines. I, don't, I just Monday. want the Asus teams up with mining startup. I don't give a shit about regulations okay. at this point. Okay, okay. Asus teams up with Mining Startup. Asus has announced a new strategic partnership with Quantum Cloud, a startup that wants gamers to use their idle graphics cards to mine cryptocurrency. Graphics card maker can leverage its very its large user base out of, of clients as a distribution partner for the app. Um, Quantum Cloud claims to be different than other mining apps by focusing on data security and ease of use. It promises to protect their user data, protect user data, and comply with EU's general data protection regulation regular oh what regulation regulations mm-hmm. okay see i thought uh, this was fascinating so does not require users to create new accounts for the app as they can log in with their existing accounts on paypal or the popular chinese messaging app wechat wallet management cryptocurrency mining mix currency conversions and fiat transfers are also integrated into the back end of the software Okay. Do you think this is cool? Uh, I don't know. It's like, like, what's that uh mining software everybody was using for? Oh, um, I don't know. Nice hash. Right? The difference between nice hash and quantum cloud. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's it's already like there's there are people who have already established like 
mining software you can run. I'm sure if you wanted to, yeah, why would Asus, I want to know more about the relationship with Quantum Cloud and how that came about. Maybe Quantum Cloud is like a subsidiary like or like a, a company that was founded from an ex-employee. This is why I think it's cool, man, because, okay. It's, yeah. I don't know. You and I have had this conversation before, right? We, we, we had a conversation about is ASIC resistance even a thing? And I think Corey and I are going to talk about this on the Bitcoin podcast this weekend, but is it a thing? Right. And you said, like, ultimately, there's always going to be some smart electrical engineer that can architect a chipset that is, like, super powerful, can crunch the ones and zeros. And so that, like, there is no algorithm that can be super ASIC resistant. But maybe it's like a decaying function, right? Like, maybe there can be ASIC resistant algorithms. Um, you know, if you just make it so tough for them to do the research and development to develop a new chip for a new ASIC, then it can be resistant enough. And then you can, like, have that algorithm run in these GPUs, and you just have, like, this global network of people that are usually playing video games, which is millions of people, right? Maybe it's even billions at this point. You play games. How many people play games all the time? Hmm. Maybe hundreds of millions. Right? So you got hundreds of millions of nodes. As to where the Bitcoin network has, what, tens of thousands? And the Ethereum network has tens of thousands? I don't know, man. Brave New World kind of shit. Because mm. if you think about it, if it's ASIC resistant and if it's GPU, uh, if it's a GPU-based consensus algorithm, then you could have millions of nodes. You could have this quantum cloud app run on Xboxes and on Playstations. Just saying. Brave new world, man. Yeah, but it's going to degrade your hardware, right, over time. So it's like, do you want something running that you can't tweak all the time? Why wouldn't you be able to tweak it? Like nobody says you have to like go balls to the wall on the mining, the crypto mining. You could just say like, "Hey, man, don't use a hundred percent of my GPU. Use like fifteen percent." Right? I mean, there's lots of blockchain. There's lots of blockchain ideas. I came across this idea in the Slack, like of a game where the user interactions with a weapon change the lore and the aspects of the weapon. You know? You can I'm keep... on Quantum Cloud's website right now, and I'm looking at their Q&A and just their about page and trying to see like what they're doing that makes them so different than NiceHash, and I'm not really seeing anything. There's probably not anything, but... Okay, we got to move on. We got a little dead air there, but let's keep it moving. Last article on Monday. Yeah. Last article, Swiss fintech license allows blockchain crypto firms to accept $100 million in public funds. By Helen Parts, 3140 total views, 239 total shares. From Coindelegate. 
Cointelegraph, the Swiss Financial Market Supervisory Authority, FINMA, has released guidelines for their new fintech license, according to FINMA, a FINMA official press release uh, released December 3rd. Swiss financial regulator revealed that license pursuance, which can be blockchain-related and crypto-related firms, will be able to apply for fintech license with the state authority starting from 2019. License, which FINMA notes, has, quote, relaxed requirements under the country's banking ordinance, allows fintech companies to accept public deposits of up to 100 million Swiss francs or uh, around $100 million. Uh, Within the terms of the license, companies are neither allowed to invest in public deposits nor pay interest on them. Whoa. That's kind of a big deal. That's kind of a big deal for, for crypto. It's, you know, if you want to do an ICO, if you want to have a public offering of your token, whatever, you can get this license that allows you to take up to $100 million from the public. That's that's kind of neat. It's a very progressive stance on these things. Whereas right now in the States, it's a gray area. ICOs are either the devil or acceptable if they're utilitarian enough or places like Bermuda where it's like free game do whatever the hell you want this is a nice down the middle progressive stance saying like hey apply for this license if you get it you can do a token sell I like Mm. but speaking of neat shit uh, (laughs) I love this article because I'm going to read this headline and then I want to ask you what you think I'm? T- oh fuck! It's a sponsored ad. Shit. That's what makes it. This makes this even funnier. Besides the fact that they have like Barack Obama on this little cartoon here, but it, a network of self-service kiosks will allow public to pay bills and make purchases in crypto. Is that not like an ATM machine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, so. One, if you've ever gone into an AT&T store... What country is this in? I don't even know. It's sponsored, so I don't want to give it the light of day. But it's very neat that they took, like... I don't know if you've ever paid your bill in an AT&T store. But every once in a blue moon, like, I've done that twice, I think. You go into the AT&T store, and you can just, like, pay your bill on the little kiosks there. It's kind of neat, but... That's going to be in the public. So now you can pay your bills in public. That's something people want to do. I don't know. That can't be something people want to do in the U.S. But I'm sorry. Let's try and answer your question. Saudi Arabia. This is in Saudi Arabia. It says UAE, Ukraine, Russia, UK, Azerbaijan, and other countries throughout Eastern Europe. Um... Azerbaijan? It's a cool last name of a country. Mm. I'm from Azerbaijan. Okay. And next article on Tuesday. Speaking of neat names, Joseph B. Lubin, the Ethereum incubator consensus gets lean and gritty in competitive market. So I don't know if you heard this news or not, but Joseph B. Lubin was like, you know what? I'm tired of spending all this fucking money on a bunch of stuff that's not bringing a bunch of stuff that's not bringing in any money. So, uh, 
Yeah. So there was a 13% layoff from consensus. Um, I mean, this has to be expected, right? Let me ask you something, Jesse. If you had billions of dollars and you were spending millions of dollars a month on salary and millions of dollars a month were not coming in via revenue, what would you do? Slice the fat. Slice that motherfucking fat. So that's what happened. Um, what? So consensus is laid off 13%. Gigawatt is bankrupt. Um, Steam it. Steam laid off 70% of their staff. Um, you know, bear market 70, is bear market. 70%? Steam 70%. It? Oh, yeah. yeah. The only, wow. They only had 10 employees. So seven people were the axe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's a funny joke, though. But um, I don't know. The bear market's in full effect, man. We haven't even seen the blood. It feels like we've seen the blood, but I think we're not going to see the blood until like next year. Like it's it's we're still, believe it or not, not doom and gloom enough for there to be a bottom to all this. Do you care about the market or anything, or are you just like chilling on the sideline watching it all go down? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I do. But how so? What do you mean, how so? Well, I mean, you care, but how do you care? Like, do you, is it like, oh, this market sucks, or you're like, oh, it's kind of interesting, like, all these, pro- bad, not bad projects, but it seems like, you know, the survivalists, the people that survive are going to, you know, make the ecosystem better. Do you like that, you know, the price is going down so people can focus on building? I don't know. What's your view on the market as a whole? I think it's, like, similar to Corey's. It's like now is the time that people can focus on building new software that actually makes sense versus just the hype and um, all of the ICOs with like useless copy pasta um, source code. So, yeah. Yeah. Copy pasta tastes so good sometimes though, man. Oh, wow. Lemon garlic copy pasta. That's that shit. All right. Next article. Um, Atomic Pay launches a private beta of a digital currency payment gateway. This is by Jamie Redmond, 1,890 views. Startup AtomicPay.io announced the beta launch of its cryptocurrency payment gateway on December 3rd with support for six different digital assets. The payment processor eliminates third party. The payment processor eliminates third parties and allows merchants to accept cryptocurrencies in a non-custodial fashion. So, how are they eliminating third parties by being the third party? Right? Hmm. Am I right about that? Like, go to AtomicPay.io and set up this payment processor by eliminating the middle... I don't get this. Hold on. Support for 156 fiat currencies and six cryptocurrencies. Dash, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin, oh wait, Bitcoin Cash, not anymore, Bitcoin Gold, Litecoin. This isn't sponsored. Yeah, I don't know what this is about. It's just a payment, it's like BitPay, but it's like a new BitPay, that's all. Oh, because... In a non-custodial fashion. Yeah, what is that? I mean, 
BitPay doesn't hold on to your phone. This is a new BitPay. This is not a sponsored ad. It's news somehow made under Bitcoin.com's radar. Um, but, I mean, overall, there need to be more payment processors, right? Because people, businesses don't want to take crypto and people don't want to spend it. And it's like, what is it, the chicken and the egg problem? Where if people do have Bitcoin to spend, businesses don't take it. So, if anything, it makes the whole ecosystem a little more robust. Who knows? Hey, says Atomic Pay is an Atlanta-based company. Oh, snaps. You should roll up in there and fuck up one of their whiteboard meetings. My name's Jesse the Man Broke. You don't know me, but I know you. I'm here to tell you why your shit's fucked up. No, I'm kidding. That's you don't sound like that kind of a person. Like that's kind of rude and over the top. <laughs> it's your turn, man. Okay, here we go. So I'm just I'm I, I'm actually like interested in some of these articles that you chose. They're actually pretty good articles, and they are. I want to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, I mean, I think some of them are. Oh man, just, well, speak up. I'm we, zoom zooming. I didn't know these. That's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm reading the articles. Like like I'm trying to look more about like. Atomic pay, like why, why now when everybody knows, like nobody's spending crypto, right? Like what seventy percent drop in transactions using any crypto? Like why start a, a pay service right now? Like who's funding Atomic Pay? Like that, I'm just reading through the article. I'm just kind of thinking those questions to myself and trying to see if any if there's any answer to some of those questions in the towards the end of the article um, it was a very short article i didn't see much in there aside the fact from hey they're taking six different cryptocurrencies and there's 156 fiat ways so it's an invoice an system. invoice cryptocurrency invoices that can be paid for by text message using the cointext application there's something quasi interesting their API allows merchants to set an interval where funds will be automatically sent to the exchange, create an order from crypto to fiat, and lastly request a withdrawal back to their bank. Hmm. So that's kind of neat. It's like you accept all this crypto, and then as a, as a merchant, you can say, hey, every week, make a trade. Trade it to fiat for me. Or every, you know, every day close out and get me my cash back in my bank or something. So that's kind of neat. I don't think the other payment processors do stuff like that. So that's different. Excuse me. That was rude. Yawned in front of the people. <laughs> Wednesday's articles. Hope I don't yawn next. <laughs> uh, <laughs> three Bitcoin lies that just won't die by Kai Sedgwick. Bitcoin.com, 9,049 eyeballs. Did you hear that China's just banned Bitcoin? Or that mining is killing the planet? Of course you did. It's hard to ignore the FUD when it's all around you, like a thick fog that just won't shift. Some Bitcoin falsehoods are so pernicious and pervasive that they refuse, they refuse to die, despite all efforts to set the record straight. Here are three of the worst. Bitcoin is locked in a death spiral. Bitcoin is going to zero. Bitcoin has been superseded by next-gen blockchains. Okay, that was it. Hmm. 
I also like reading the comments of the articles because they're pretty interesting too. Like in the last article about the different or that that payment process or atomic pay, mm-hmm. somebody was like, "Woo, Doge." Um. Okay. Hmm. Here's another. Here's what, do you, a comment what do you think? You what do you think about these? Okay. Um, his Horst G. Ludwig. Okay, Kai. Talking to the author. Therefore, it's all our job to put things straight, starting with the separation of the screen gamblers who call themselves traders and exchanges and filling our environment with that fog you just described. I'm just not much in agree with your figure of a 2,000 USD per Bitcoin production uh, and would like to motivate you for better research. China cost is 2.2 to 2.6 100 per Bitcoin, and that was the cheapest with down to zero energy costs. This person's English is not their first. Be care, be be patient here. I say it was because Chinese miners selling their equipment at price per kilo, Bitmain in deep trouble, Bitferry in deep trouble, and graphics cards dedicated practically no sales anymore. Uh, we ourselves are mining since July in the red zone, consuming last year's results in the intent to keep it all alive. Simply because we know what you're talking about and we got to be done. There are others too, so infrastructure of mining is not a lost case yet become critical. Okay. That was a lot. I I don't think that guy's last name is Ludwig. I'm just going to throw that out there. But... I mean, what do I think about these death... These uh, myths? Um... I mean, China did ban Bitcoin. Like, that's not a myth. Bitcoin's not really locked in a death spiral. I don't, I don't really know what a death spiral is like defined as for Bitcoin. But I don't think it's a death spiral. The hash rate is dropping, though. So the hash rate now is the same it was in January. Right? So it went up all this year. Now it's dropping. It's dropped back to January levels. Um, yeah. Those are my thoughts. Do I think Bitcoin's going to zero? No. Do I think it's got room to go down? Yes. Mm. Speaking of going down. This is on you. Speaking of going down, what's my next (laughs) article? Poloniex offers institutional accounts OKEX law. Wait, how does this? Am I on the right day? Yeah, that segue. Does it make sense? Does um, not seem to make sense. It doesn't. It kind of does because mm-hmm. you have sub accounts, so maybe drop downs. Um, but the um, article you're supposed to be reading is study that pump and dump schemes account for seven million of monthly trade volume. Speaking of. Going down, study pump and dump schemes account for $7 million of monthly trade volume. Interesting. Anna Alexander, 6,235 total views, 172 total shares, Cointelegraph.com. Recent study has found that pump and dump schemes account for $7 million worth of trading volume per month. MIT Technology Review reported December 4th. The analysis was performed by researchers Jiahua. Zoo and Benjamin Livshitz <laughs> at Imperial College London. <laughs> Sorry. 
I don't mean to be so mature, but this last man's name is Livshits. I'm sorry, that is a hell of a name. But go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on, go on, Jesse. I'm sorry. A pump and dump scheme is a form of securities fraud that has become also become common in the cryptocurrency space. The organizers of the scheme choose a coin, boost its price, then quote dump, sell their overvalued currency, which further leads to the price fall and losses among the investors. While the cryptocurrency markets are currently in a rut, with some coins reaching new lows in the mo- month of November, daily trade volume is currently $14.2 billion, according to CoinMarketCap. The pump and dump volume cited in the study only accounts for 0.049% of total 24-hour trade volume. In the course of their research, the analysts reportedly focused on the pump and dump scam with a coin called BVB, that happened November 14, 2018. They collected details by following announcements on several Telegram channels, including official McAfee pump signals. <laughs> official McAfee pump, baby. Two uh, pump chump. They investigated 236 other pump and dump scams that were performed between July and November, concluding that many of them were preceded by unusual buying activity and the target currency. The next article is from Bitcoin.com, written by Lubomir Tasev. The Daily, Poloniex offers institutional accounts. OKEX launches perpetual swap. Cryptocurrency exchange Poloniex is now offering institutional accounts, and we've covered the announcement in The Daily. Also, OKEX is launching a new derivative product, while crypto derivative derivatives exchange Eris X has raised $27.5 million and NASDAQ has confirmed that it's planning to launch Bitcoin futures next year. Oh yeah, how do you feel about that? The Bitcoin, Bitcoin futures, futures that they're launching? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it, it kind of depends on um, it depends on if they open long or they open short. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if they open short again, it keeps putting more sell pressure on everything. But if they're long, then we could give us some more buy pressure, and we could get a nice little swing back to the positive when it comes to price action. Um, I think it's a bold statement that there's more institutional infrastructure. But I think that I think the thing that people miss are misguided, and they think that well, institutional investment means that like my investment's going to skyrocket to the moon. That's not what that means at all. Like, not even close. It just means that this new asset, this new thing that we love, is is getting, I don't know, institutional praise. And they're starting to build the railways for them to be able to trade it as well. But the thing about Wall Street is that they derive value from so many things is that the Bitcoin price may not necessarily go up just because they're building all these derivative financial products from it. You know what I mean? I think that... Actually, I don't know anything, dude. <laughs> you're, you're, in the neat, you're in the crowd where you know that you know nothing, right? That's the wisest way to be. Well, it's, it's like... Usually when you open... When you open, like, derivatives on any product... Usually, people say that that's meant to like kind of chain down the price of a prod of a product, right? 
Um, cause you're not going to see like, I don't know, like I, at least I haven't, but maybe people who like actually trade, um, like our institutional traders maybe have seen large swings of like long versus short, um, opens like, but like, I, I guess when I've been looking at price action, it just doesn't seem like, like when gold was listed, um, as a, uh, when, when derivative, like derivatives products were, uh, offered on gold, it didn't seem like the gold price fluctuated too drastically afterwards in the, what was it? Like the, was it the late or mid eighties? Mm-hmm. So the gold, the gold price didn't change for like, didn't change too drastically compared to the price shifts that we've seen in crypto over 30 years after it was first offered. So like, I, I can't imagine that Bitcoin will really, you know, go to the moon. Like people really thought, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think crypto is, you know, when it, when it, people thought that, you know, institutional money meant we're going to Mars or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, institutional investment means institutional risk, which is more of like a responsible look at how much should be invested in such a volatile product. So I don't know. It seems like what they do the most of is balance risk, right? Institutional players, institutional, I keep using this word institutional, like I wish there was a much better definition of it. Maybe we say like the Goldman Sachs, NASDAQ, CME, all these people, CBOE, but they're balancing risk, right? Which is a much different game than the retail person who's like trying to just not really balance risk, but just boost how much money they have. So... I don't know. A lot of things are changing. Like I'm, I'm starting to get into your cat where it's like, man, I don't know. Um, I know what Bitcoin offers. I know that much. So, I don't know. We're gonna yeah. keep it moving here. The news is so damn boring. I don't. <laughs> I just have to say that like crypto news is getting to the point where it's like, there's nothing big happening, and the big things that are happening aren't really talked about in a way that. It used to that they used to echo through the the crypto sphere, you know what I mean? Like lightning development and protocol development enhancements, and those things aren't really rippled through the community anymore. It's all like random things that people used to not care about. But anyways, that's just me being on the soapbox. Um. So, oh shit, this was funny. I say all that just to say this. Uh, Coinbase seeks a trademark for the term Biddle, Build, which is spelled wrong, like all HODL or whatever you want to say, as a crypto software as a service. I thought this was really funny because they tried to do it on the low. Like, they really tried to, like, they really, really tried to trademark that phrase that the the developers in the community are using, but somebody caught it, and then the CTO of Coinbase, who's Balaji Srinivasan, I hope I said that right, he had to tweet out a storm to say, oh, yeah, it's crazy. We forgot we even had that patent. 
or, or sorry, that trademark. Um, we were gonna give it back to the community though. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was. It was so funny because I was thinking to myself, they tried to do that shit really sneaky and got caught, and now they're trying to do a PR blitz to make sure that they don't, lose, you know, safe graces with the community. It was really funny. Did you? You didn't hear about this thing? I'm assuming. Mm. Well, they don't. They didn't have it. It says that they were applying for the trademark. Yeah. Yeah. They were applying for it, but like yeah. people found it. So, and they're like, and then Velaji goes, "We we forgot we even did this. Uh, and if we would have gotten it, if we would have got the trademark, we would have gave it back to the community." I was like, "I didn't it. see the tweet that came out from that dude. Did you? I did. I I read this whole tweet storm. It, it was a clear like, oh, we need to say something about this." PR move. Uh, but anyways. Oh, wait. We're on Thursday. I didn't even know. Um, next article on Thursday. Speaking of PR moves, Ledger. Uh, sorry, this is written by Anna Alexander. Um, Ledger, new fund partner to create security tokens framework. So Ledger is a very uh, popular company. Cryptocurrency hardware wallet firm Ledger has partnered with German crypto startup new fund to let users manage security tokens via ledger's desktop app according to a press release so this is a biggie everybody thinks security tokens are going to be 2019 boom or start a slow boom over the next decade of people and i i'm kind of in that camp jesse i gotta say i'm in that camp because i love the idea of being able to launch a digital security that can be traded anywhere on the planet so long as someone believes in my business and my and what i'm doing i think it's a great idea and so Ledger's basically just teaming up with this startup to offer a way to manage the security tokens straight on your desktop, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, keep a lookout on the security token exchanges like uh, um, T-Zero. Um, what's the one with the big blue bull? You know the one with the big blue bull? Mm-hmm. Polymath. And there's another one. There's a few. IOTA? Uh, IOTA is not a security token exchange. Also in November, the Germany-based IOTA Foundation announced it will integrate IOTA tokens with Ledger's cryptocurrency hardware wallets. Oh, no. Mm. IOTA's getting uh, some juice. Okay. Nice. What What are security tokens that they're talking about here? Uh... Like when you say, yeah, like Polymath, I, I've heard of that project, but I don't it's know. It's just exactly. a security token exchange. So, like, um, you, it's a place you go to buy security tokens. Uh, a security token is opposite of a utility token because it, I think, passes the Howey test. I may have that backwards. It's been a while since I looked into it. There's a thing called a Howey test, and if it, fails the howie test then it is a security well the howie test is like a bunch of tests to figure out if something is a security or not but yeah what are these security tokens security tokens are just securities launched like that's basically like a stock but it's what's the just... difference between that and the assumption that everybody's assuming that bitcoin is technically gonna have future value like Everybody's playing crypto like everything is a security anyway. So what's the differentiator between calling a token a security token and the presumption 
like the pretext that everybody has that all crypto, you know, will recover at some point and has value based on the projects. Mm, is everybody treating all of crypto like a security or is it just the majority of people are? I think, I think, I mean, majority. Well, this is a good, this is a good dialogue. How many things fit into the lesser fools theory? Right? Is all investing lesser fools? If I buy a stock right now of Apple, am I assuming that there's going to be a greater fool than I someday in the future and I could sell my Apple stock for more than I bought it for? Are we talking about from the perspective of a retail investor? Absolutely. Okay. So at one point, does the lesser fools or greater fools theory like break down with anything? That's a good question. When does it? When talking about retail investors? When they retire? When they actually need that money? Well, I did see a phrase this week that's like the best investments is the one you don't worry about cashing out. But so, specifically to this industry, a security token is a token that doesn't have utility. It's just a digital value a piece of value associated with a project, uh, a business, uh, a thing. So T0 and Polymath were your two examples. But they're not tokens. They're just exchanges that specifically are focusing on security tokens. Oh, okay, okay. So what what is an example of a token that's been classified as a security token? I don't think any of them have it just yet. But some of them are very obviously... Some of the, some people are setting out to be security tokens. Right. Okay. Right? Like they don't. So which ones, which like, okay. Like the ones that have done the, um, that, uh, it's not an ICO. It's that's that stupid safe version where they get like banks involved. Um, SAFT. About XRP. You know, the SAFT. No, no, oh, no. Like SAFT. I'm talking about the, the SAFT and like all the other versions of SAFT that are like, supposed to help the investor mm-hmm. feel more secure um are, i mean those behind some of those like saft um fundraising i guess you can call it are security tokens but i just don't remember the exact names of those um but like i said like new fund is purportedly aiming to become the first end-to-end primary issuance platform for security tokens Specializing in equity tokens. Yeah. So, Why, so are we definition? Yeah. Definition of security. I mean, I know, I know what the definition of a security is. I don't understand how you can call your token specifically a security token. Well, here's a definition from something called coinounce.com. Security okay. tokens may represent shares in a company or provide dividends or generally thought of as being much more similar to traditional shares. So instead of it being a share and traded on E-Trade, it's just a token and it's traded on T0, right? But they, they have no legal, like, there's no legally binding um, contract that says if you own the security token, the company has to pay you, say, dividends if they had already established that well, they, you're missing the point of blockchain. The blockchain is you don't need the legalities, is that you serve the legalities because you have one ledger that dictates that this token belongs to this 
address. Whoever has the address is irrelevant. doesn't matter. But as long as this token is in this address, then this address is going to get paid dividends as well, uh, depending upon the value that token increases. You oh, don't need okay. a legal president. Okay. You don't need these. Bo you don't need governing bodies to look at ledgers and determine who gets what and who owns what. That's so dividends are paid by the actual platform. That I would have to. It would have to be like written out probably in however the smart contract is architected. Architected is even a word. The architecture of the smart contract would probably outline how the dividends are paid, kind of similar to how Dai and MakerDAO are kind of building their their pro their smart contracts, and how the DAO itself was supposed to pay dividends uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Wouldn't like um, wouldn't Dash be an example of a security token if you were operating a masternode? It's a great. We'll go on. How how so? Well, it it wouldn't be like. I mean, it's it's essentially what like it takes like a thousand. No, it's not a thousand. It was like at one time it was like forty thousand dollars worth of Dash tokens to create a master node, which I think was maybe like four or five thousand Dash tokens at the time. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Or a thousand? Maybe it was a thousand. Um, and then you would have like residual processing income from that node working to confirm payments. Mm -hmm. Now, is that a form of like, is, is that, is that the kind of goal like security tokens are going for, like to be part of some sort of, um, like how I are they generating the security stocks? tokens are most closely trying to emulate stocks, right? Like public companies, like Apple. Let's keep bringing Apple into this. So, what kind of stock? Like shares of a company. Yeah, but there's different types. Well, I think that goes into then that would be like if you're if you're going to identify different types of stocks then there's going to be different types of security tokens as well but go on what kind of different stocks are you are you talking about blue chip stocks or no 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 like uh what is it like the different types that are available to like employees who actually work for the company where they can't sell the shares until you know x date oh um, yeah i see what you're talking about but i mean all like, this could be like outlined, stock, but they stock all... with like voting power or a stock that has no voting power like, like I, that's why it would probably be easiest to talk about what it means to be a security token if you actually had a security token project in mind, and then we could look at that and see what what sort of blueprint that they were created based upon. Hmm. I don't know which tokens have self-identified as security tokens. And like this is like there's another one, equity tokens for another conversational point. Like what is an equity token? This was a good thread that we pulled on. So let me see if I can find any. So there's issuance platforms, polymath, harbor, uh securitize, 
Swarm, Templum, Securency, T0. These are all platforms where you can issue your security tokens. Right. Banker, AirSwap, Blockchain Capital. Oh, wow, there's a lot now. Science Blockchain, Lottery.com, formerly Auto Lotto, is a mobile lottery service where you can now issue security tokens. So this is interesting. I don't know. Okay. So here's one. Property Coin. Property Coin is another example of how security tokens can transform 60 markets. Property Coin is opening up a real estate, one of the largest asset classes, through a 100% asset-backed token. Aperture, the operator behind the security token offering, intends to invest the proceeds in two business areas, flipping residential properties and lending to other property investors. Um... So that's one to look into, property coin. So you know about like um like fractional ownership in or fractional investment in real estate? I've heard of this, um, but I'm not like super familiar. Go on. So I'm I'm not super familiar with it either, but I I have known about that market for a bit and most retail investors to become part of those pools of money that end up being in the pockets of real estate developers don't actually profit ever. Hmm. And, and and it has to do with the way that like, so a lot of these platforms they're run like almost like, um, almost like a trading platform where you buy a stake for like maybe a hundred something dollars. And then like you own one token quote token representation of like one, one, one stock or one share of an 11 or $14 million say apartment complex property. But the payout is once the property is built and sold to uh, a management group or a real estate group and you don't see that return for three to seven years and if you sell early you get a fraction of what you've initially invested back um so like say i bought or let's just talk in whole numbers say you bought a share for a hundred a hundred dollars in this 20 million dollar complex project and if you sell that early, if you trade that share early to anybody else, so it's like a long-term thing. Like you're going to be losing money if you sell that share in within three years or seven years or however long it takes for you to actually get your money back plus whatever profits that selling the property actually made, which is really not much. Um, I think it's still single digit percent profit margins. Um, so, I mean, you may get like what, like $10 back max mm-hmm. on your $100 investment over three to seven years, which That's is shit. pretty shit. So, mm-hmm. it's like that, except the ICO version of that, where you're going to even have more leakage of profits because it's an ICO. You're going to have like 25 billion tokens representing, you know, a $20 million project. 
-hmm. It's just going to be, there's going to be more value lost Mm -hmm. from what I can see. And again, I haven't, I haven't participated in fractional investment in real estate, but I, I know that's what it looks like from the retail investor standpoint. Unless so you're, you're saying the that security developer. tokens probably will not help the situation, but make it I'm, more. I'm saying that it's not going to help you get any profit. There's no like not not, not as a retail investor. They're going to help people trying to fundraise money because it's going to be less barriers for them to get liquid or to get the investment money that they need because they can't go through banks. They have to, you know, it's 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 like crowdfunding, crowdfunding money for for real estate projects, and the people who are going to lose potentially. Who have who carry the most risk are the the people without the risk calculators, the retail investors. So I don't know. Just and that's that's just for if we talk about equity tokens. Mm-hmm. So if we talk about security tokens, I'm sure it looks like that from a macroscopic level. So I don't know. Hmm. It's a dangerous game, though, right? Like, what if I want to launch a security token of my, you know, lemonade stand? Right? I think I make the best fucking lemonade in the Western Hemisphere. And I want the whole world to have access to buying a little bit of my lemonade stand. Like, why can't I do that? And if it becomes a blue chip, then you get dividends and you get all the above. But, you know, you know, a little slice of my lemonade stand. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's an argument there against that. And it would probably take more time to construct than we have time for on the show. I feel like we we're just getting warmed up and we're on the last article. Damn. We got to pick better articles like the one that we just had because we were getting warmed up there with some good places. But last article, Thursday. Are you seeing this ad, ad called Glitch Goons? The top of this? Anyways, by Helen Parts. 17,688 17, total views. Wow. SEC delays decision on Bitcoin ETF. That's the deadline for late February. So here's a quote. The commission finds it appropriate to designate a longer period within which to issue an order approving or disproving the proposed rule change so that it has sufficient time to consider this proposed rule change. Here's another quote, and I love this. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Uh I don't even know why people care so damn much about the ETF. I, no, I'm kidding. I know. ETF could or could not offer a lot of liquidity into the crypto markets, especially Bitcoin crypto markets. It'd be neat to have an ETF because then all of a sudden you're Vanguards and basically anyone who has a like match your 401k and IRAs and financial planning offices and things like that will start to offer it to their uh, customers as well. And then all of a sudden you have this huge, huge buy side. Um, you know, huge buy pressure coming in. So hmm. it'd be neat. It would be neat, but that's what everybody thinks. But yeah, that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. But in, in, huh? 
I, I just I, I feel like the the truth is going to be somewhere in the middle and it's going to probably be buy and sell pressure and then you're going to have like a f static price for a bit. Mm. But I don't know. I think we'll it's see. interesting to see. I, I don't think it's going to open the floodgates. I think there's always a latency. Um, but things things are gonna start. Things are gonna start getting interesting in crypto. The closer we get to the Bitcoin happening, and the closer we get to proof of stake coming on uh, in February, uh, supposedly for Ether. So, um, interesting times ahead, man. Interesting times. But anyways, uh, we're gonna close this out. You can find Jesse doing Jesse-like things on his live stream. What's the name? Mexican Filipino. The Mexican Filipino. The Mexican Filipino. Jesse on is Twitch. a Mexican Filipino. In case, yeah. In case anyone was wondering. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Jesse, we're thinking of throwing a Bitcoin Podcast Network party next summer. Are you excited about that? Yeah, I know you. T you talked to me about that. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I think I think it's going to be a go, man. I'm trying to talk Corey and Cello into it, but they seem kind of timid. But I think we can have like an event. We'll have it here on the East Coast, and we we just want to have people come together. Like none of the stupid ass conference. Like not a conference. And we're not going to charge you three thousand dollars for a ticket. Like come give us twenty bucks so you can get a plate of some good eats and hear some good music. I think it's going to be a thing. I think we're going to try to make it happen. So, <laughs> why are you laughing? You don't think we can make it happen? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think I, you're I doubting think. us. You're doubting, our, you're doubting us? The price is going to go to $100 and that those plans are going to be backtracked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy story, guys. $1,500 a ticket. Crazy. And you'll see me rolling around in a bins. Like, yeah, man, it's, it's, we do this for the people. You know, you know who you remind me most of? What? <laughs> Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no. I don't even I, know what that I, means, uh, really, because I did not watch a lot of SpongeBob. Is <laughs> 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 the right guy now, who right like? I, okay, from what I do know about SpongeBob, crust, Mr. Krabs is a guy who has a successful burger joint, but tries all kinds of things. Mm, he's he's the guy who he, I, at least when you talked about like a fifteen hundred dollar event ticket i had a in my mind's eye a mr crab scene where he's rolling around with money or ha <laughs> holding like wheel wheelbarrows like full of money asking people for more money that, that's messed up i'm not like that at all <laughs> not like that at all not even close but hey, we, we want to have some people come out and enjoy good food and enjoy good music and then top it off with an MMA fight. It's just something that's, you know, us. So Ooh, an MMA fight. Yeah. That'd like, be worth it. Not a live one, but like us we stream like a night an MMA Aww. fight. You know? Like, and then did you say oh we're not gonna have <laughs> blood splattering on people. Like, like cello takes on comers, like fans of the podcast. <laughs> 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 that would be funny we're not trying to get anybody hurt uh though i think it, i think it'd just be a neat idea to, to do out here so we're gonna keep building that up and if it turns into a thing then we're gonna let it rip and, and hopefully it'll be fun for everyone um but 
there's some other stuff going on. So if you're not checking out Jesse's Twitch, which you should be, um, but if you're not, then you can always buy our book. Um, we have links posted all over the internet now. You can find it on Amazon. Just search um, Can You Describe uh, Bitcoin? And it'll pop up. Um, it's basically a book that highlights. Uh, we have that trademark question that we ask on the flagship show, which is um, Can You Describe Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Blockchain in 10 words or less? And we've taken that and we've curated it and we put it in a book. And you can buy that book for fifteen ninety nine on Amazon, baby, or you can get it on ebook fashion, which is it's pretty neat the way we designed it. For the ebook, go out and get that. Um, join the Slack uh, by going to thebitcoinpodcast.com and you'll see the tab for the Slack. Um, you got anything else you want to you want to plug, Jesse? No. Um, if you guys have like an Amazon account and you want you feel you feel nice enough to uh subscribe to me you can actually go ahead and do that um if you have amazon prime you get twitch prime and that's a free subscription that you can give to anybody and uh if you check out my content and you actually like what i'm doing uh please feel free to throw me that subs those subscription because that'll definitely help out there you go um, if you're the type that likes to watch people play video games, go watch Jesse. So that's awesome. all we got for you guys this week. Um, holidays are coming. 2018 is winding down. Thank the Lord. Uh, play that outro. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>